just briefly. <clears throat> now, I've been on this before, but I'm going to go at it a little bit different. Acts 11, uh, verse 26, or 25, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. That was Saul of Tarsus before he became Paul, the little one. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. Now this is Antioch in Syria, over there where they've had a big earthquake. I think the last I've seen, about 3,500 that they know of died in that earthquake. But he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the assembly. That's what you do with the assembly. You assemble. You can hardly have an assembly if you don't assemble. And the Lord's assembly assembles every Sunday. And also Wednesday. That's not, but the, the Lord's day is what the Lord has appointed. Many people have to work on during the week and Wednesday and they're not able to get there. But, but the Lord's day, and there's 52 of them. And every one of them is the Lord's day. Amen. And on every one of them, the Lord's people are to be assembling at the assembly. And that's what they did. And they taught much people, and that's what you do when you get to the assembly. You worship God in the spirit and the truth, and you, you teach and you get taught. That's the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is not to entertain everybody. To produce religious entertainment. The purpose of the church is to worship God in the spirit and in the truth. And to teach his people. That's what we're here for. We're not here for entertainment. People, oh, I go there and get a lot of entertainment. Well, you're going for the wrong reason. And you're probably going the wrong place if that's what you're getting. Because we must have the teaching of the word of God. And you can only, can only worship God. I think you said this yesterday, brother. You can only worship God in the spirit and in the truth. And now in the spirit doesn't mean. That's not in the spirit. That's in, in demon activity. In the spirit means that you can only worship God. He is spirit. And you must worship him in spirit. Not in matter. Not in a picture. Not in a statue. And that's what. Most of them have. Oh, we got those pictures. Remind me of him. How can they remind you of him? You ain't never seen him. No man has seen God at any time. Ridiculous thing. And yet many preachers support that. Have the pictures, so-called pictures of Christ. Jesus had no long hair. He had a beard until they plucked it out. But he had no long hair. He said, well, John the Baptist did. Yeah, John the Baptist was a Nazarite. Jesus was a Nazarene. That's not a Nazarite. Jesus was from Nazareth. John the Baptist was a Nazarite that had a vow, a lifetime vow, of a Nazarite. And only the Nazarite men had long hair. The rest of the men of Israel did not have hair like a woman. Revelation 9 talks about those demons coming out of the bottomless pit. 
and they got hair like women. Everybody knows what that means, hair like women, is that they got long hair. That's what a woman's to have. That's the glory of her head is her hair. But men have got that. So well, that's just what the style. God, his word determines the appearance of his people. That gets back to what we're going to talk about here. Anyway, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. That's Antioch of Syria. There's another one, Antioch of Pisidia, but that's on up. <clears throat> now, what is a Christian? Well, I believe that this is a grossly overused word. But most people use it, and so we're going we're gonna to pander to them right now. They're using the word Christian, all right? Exactly. What is a Christian? Well, you've got all kinds of things to think about there. Now, you all probably, if you've seen the, those uh, DVDs from the Creation Museum, you, you've probably seen and heard them talk about Richard Dawkins. Anybody remember him? He's that guy from England. Is supposed to be one of the most brilliant men around. And, uh, yeah, they show a, a clip of him being interviewed by, oh, I can't think of his name now. He's, he's a Jew, uh, but he's at least honest about this. He's interviewing uh, Richard Dawkins. And he asked Richard Dawkins, uh, exactly where do you think then that this universe came from? Well, it must have come from aliens from outer space. Now, I'm using my terminology, aliens from outer space. Well, then where did they come from? Other aliens from out there. And where did they come from? Other aliens beyond them. They cannot... Admit that God created the heaven and the earth, but they can't admit that aliens from outer space started us. Or that dude from Arizona, he says we came from, never mind Jesus dying on the cross for you. He said a star died for you. We came from stardust. Now, that's what old Carl Sagan said because he taught that guy. So they get one lie and they perpetuate those lies. But at the same time, Richard Dawkins says he is a secular Christian. Well, secular... Uh, means not spiritual. He's the one that wrote the book, The God Delusion. That's the title of the book. Anybody that believes in God, a creator God, is deluded. 
They're suffering from delusion. Yes, he's a secular Christian. He claims the word Christian. Everything claims the word Christian. There's a fellow, but he's dead now. He knows better. John S. Spong, S-P-O-N-G. He was formerly the senior Episcopal Bishop in the United States. Here's what he said. The biblical story of the perfect and finished creation from which human beings fell into sin is pre-Darwinian mythology and post-Darwinian nonsense, unquote. He's the senior Episcopalian bishop in the United States when he said that, wrote it. Do you think people would say he was a Christian? I'm sure they would. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say he has no idea who Christ is and who God is. I'd say he's a heathen. And yet they're paying him the big bucks to be their their big bishop in the United States. Well, now, we're asking the question, what is a Christian? I was looking for it. I've got it someplace. It is a woodcutting picture. You know, you get way back far enough, they don't have photography. And if you've got pictures, they're, they're woodcuttings. But they were pretty much accurate. They really were because they spent a lot of time and a lot of talent making those woodcuts that they might print them. That's the way they used to print those things. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a, a study in that, a discipline of it. You probably get a degree in woodcutting art. That's absolute art form. But they have a, a woodcutting, and I've got, like I said, I've got it. I think it's in a Rid Pass history book, and I didn't have time to look through it. But anyway, Constantine, Emperor Constantine of the Roman Empire, in uh, 325, Constantine is the Emperor of Rome, and he makes Rome Christian. He was a heathen. But he did that because he knew there were lots of them there. And he's a politician. Now, so he was a pagan. And he determined that they put as much emphasis on baptism. There must be something to it. Baptism must save you. And so he ordered all of the subjects of Rome... You can get in a decent history book and read this. And he, he ordered them to be baptized. And it was these heretic priests, preachers that did that. Even his troops. He had them in the Tiber River. And he had them as his troops would ride by on horses. They had brooms saying holy stuff and flipping water up on them. Thus baptizing them, making them Christians. And that's how he Christianized the Roman Empire. Now, if you listen to the world, they'll tell you what a great event in Christian history. 
No, it wasn't. It's just another humongous work of Satan. But anyway, but let me tell you how old Constantine thought. He didn't let himself get sprinkled or dumped, whatever it was. Because he, he wasn't going to let that happen until right before he died. Because he's emperor of Rome, and it's good to be the emperor of Rome. When you're the emperor of Rome, you've got all of the power, and you've got all of the women, you've got all of the booze, you've got all of everything. So he's going to spend his life doing what he wants to do, and then just before he dies, he's going to get him to come and baptize him and put him into the kingdom of heaven. And there's a picture, a woodcutting, of him on his deathbed, and the Holy Joel standing around him, sprinkling him, but you can see in his face he's already dead. They didn't make it in time. He died before, it wouldn't have made any difference anyway. He died and went to hell. That's where he went. Now, he's supposed to be one of the greatest figures in early Christian history. What is a Christian? We ain't hit on one yet. Now, many people, now these are all just well-known people. Many people call themselves Christian. It, you probably could get more today that would deny being a Christian than back, I don't know, 40 years ago. I remember one time I was asking questions in the congregation. And uh, I had various questions. And I said, how many believe in God? Well, everybody did. And I said, how many don't? And this young boy, oh, he's about 14 or 15, he raised his hand. Then he said he didn't understand the question. He meant to raise it before, but he raised it at the wrong time. Uh, you talk about a, a buzz, his mother and daddy and all the aunts and uncles and everybody else, Oh, that boy, he, he, he didn't mean that. He didn't mean that. He didn't mean that. It was really something to say he didn't believe in God. Now it's kind of good to say that you're an atheist, don't believe in God, you're, you're not a Christian. But there's still a lot of people that would not want you to know that they're not a Christian. They would want you to think they are a Christian. People would answer Women for their husbands, husbands for their wives, parents for their children, and for all their others. Oh, yes, they're all right. They're Christians. Remember Dave, the fellow said, uh, all that little thing we was talking about, being saved? He said, I, I took care of that. And now, now, now I'm a Christian. I took care of that. Well, I got news for him. I think he found out different. Anyway, we haven't hit much on Christians. Uh... They call themselves Christians, but now listen to this now. Their lives and their actions and their words are totally unchristlike. Now I'll admit, I'll admit, every word that comes out of my mouth is not Christlike. I'm trying to eliminate them. You ever get upset and say words that you probably ought not to say? Well, at least I, you're admitting it. Uh, 
But that's not to be the way of our life. Look at uh, Titus. One sixteen. <clears throat> well, verse fifteen. Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. That means dirtied up bad. They profess that they know God. But in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Now these, these people, the Dawkins, he claims to be a secular Christian. If he's any kind of Christian, he knows God, doesn't he? That's what he's claiming. But his works are reprobate. And it's spawn. You know he claims to be a Christian. And his works are reprobate. Constantine, he claimed to be a Christian. His works are reprobate. And average people claim to be Christians, and yet their lives do not show anything like being a Christian. Now, I have observed this in the obituaries today. You don't have to read very far to find an obituary that doesn't even mention the Lord or church or God. You don't have to. There's plenty of them out there. But you still have some people. I've had people say, oh, well, I, I wouldn't want people not to know that he wasn't a member of a church. So they put down there he was a member of the Baptist church. You ever see that? Haven't seen that for a while, but you see it a lot. He's a member of the, you can't be a member of the Baptist church. You can only be a member of a Baptist church. Now, which one was your member? Oh, I forgot the name. I've had him tell me that. Oh, what, what was the name? Didn't you know him? Up, up, didn't you know the name of that church? Where? Well, I don't forgot the name. And you was a member of it? In works they deny me. And that's exactly what's going on there. Now politicians at election time. Uh, they're getting all the votes they can get. I remember old Bill Caudill told me he was running for sheriff in Perry County. And he came up on a house that was having... I'm meeting these old regular Baptists, a bunch of having one of them big cars all over everywhere and having them. And everybody's speaking and hollering at once, you know. And he said he waited until he got a got a, a long spell breaking the words. He said, Hey, brethren, he said, how many of y'all believe in the hereafter? Hey, man, brother, hey, man, brother. He said, well, I'm here after your votes. <laughs> He's telling the truth. And that's what most of them are for, after. After the votes. Oh, yeah, we're Christian. Yeah, we're Christian. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I voted for, I voted for the LGBT community. Yeah, I voted for freak marriages. Yeah, I voted for abortion. But I'm a Christian. Oh, no, you're not. 
Absolutely not. Anyway, look at Matthew 15, 9 real quick. Now, I'm not putting myself up as something perfect. I'm not perfect. You ought to be able to follow my example to a point. But I'm far from perfect. Matthew 15. Uh, let's, he's talking to the Pharisees, verse 6. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. That's what they're saying. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth near unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. That'd be a good place to start right there. Examining. Where does your belief, where do your beliefs come from? I have people get on Facebook and invite you to come to their church. And you look up what the church teaches. They don't teach the whole counsel of God. They teach heresy. Oh, well, we're a nice Christian church. Not if you don't teach the truth, you're not. Amen. Not if you don't teach the whole counsel of the word of God. You're not a nice Christian church. If you don't teach the whole counsel of the word of God, you're not even a, 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 a Bible-believing church. Right. Look at Matthew 7. Verse 15, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Well, the answer to that is, of course not. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils or demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. It wasn't that he knew you and forgot you. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Well, you mean you're talking about some people. Yeah, whoever fits that. I notice that it's been a long time since, since a, a lost person was ever buried. I mean, about everybody gets saved in the funeral home, in their coffin. And you listen to the preachers. I've known a, 
so-called independent Baptist preachers and preach somebody into heaven. Somebody lived the life of the devil. Never, never once was part of a, a church. I don't mean just going every now and then. Somebody go on Easter, go on Christmas, and, and, and act like, well, that's a Christian, that's all enough. No, let me tell you what. God doesn't save you. If God saves you, he saves you to serve him. And his service goes on in church and out of church. But I'll tell you what, if you ain't doing it in church and doing it on a regular basis, you ain't serving God. Because oh, I can serve God without the church. No, you can't. No, you can't. Who ever told you that? You can't serve God without his church. The Lord loved the church and died for his church. And it is his will that we assemble ourselves together in an organized assembly and we do it on a regular basis you see the lord's day comes every week think about last year just how many days were you in the lord's house there was 52 of them well what would that do for you and then somebody they die well well he made a profession he's 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 70 years old he made a profession of faith back when he was 15 at Bible school, and he hadn't been back to church since, but he, he was a saved man. Then he said, by their fruits you shall know them. I know that started out with false prophets, but it ended up with every, with common people. Then will they say to me, so by their fruits you shall know them, refers to everybody, me and you and everybody else. So, uh, yeah, they all get saved at funerals. Oh, you can't talk about hell at a funeral. I think there's one place you ought to talk about it. Is he, is he, he died, is he, is he all right? Well, now he was drunk Saturday night, but he sobered up, he's all right. It's that bad, it is that bad. Admit it. Your son, your husband, your wife, your daughter, your uncle, your cousin. If you've never seen any fruit for the Lord in their lives, they saved. And they're not going to die and go to heaven. They're going to die and go to hell. And they won't be long about it. The rich man dives. He died. And in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments. Now, look at Galatians chapter 5. We can see marks of a true Christ follower. That's what a Christian is. A follower of Christ. Don't tell me that this guy writes God delusion. Jesus said, if you have not the son, you have not the father. What kind of Christian can he be? If you have the son, you have the father. Uh, and he's a Christ denier. He's a God denier. And yet, he says he's some kind of Christian. And that Episcopalian, what kind of Christian is he? He's, he's, he's worse than any devil. Because he claims that he's one thing. And that's why Jesus said, you hypocrites. And that's exactly what they are. 
living off the fat of the land of the people of God and denying the Lord. Now, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts thereof. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us be, not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So what are the marks of a true Christ follower? And listen to this now. This is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Now, are those things in your life? Do you detect those, any of those things in your life? If they're not in your life, you're not a child of God. I can't make it any plainer than that. But now, look at Ephesians 5, next book. Marks of a Christ follower. I like that better than Christian. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now you may have a bunch of kids, but there's one or two of them that are dear to you. Not that you don't love them all, but there's one or two of them that, that they're there to do more for you and they Pay attention to you, and they're just dear children. He says, We are to be dear children to the Lord. Amen. Not come and sit in his house once or twice every year and never mention his name, never read your Bible, never study, never grow in grace and knowledge. There are people in churches right now, they've even been in those churches for years, and they don't know the first thing about the Word of God. This is the most precious thing that anybody has in this world is a completed Word of God, and it's in your language. No, I don't agree with all those versions. We've got the King James Version, that's all you need. But this is the most precious thing in the whole wide world that you have in your possession. And most people never open it up. Don't tell me how much you love the Lord if you don't ever try to hear from Him. Amen. And the only way you're going to hear from God is through His Word. Amen. Now, verse 1 and verse 2, Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now, these are Christ followers. It's what he's telling us to do. 
But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. There's a difference between children of God and children of the devil. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now they've got, they're doing this more than they've ever, have ever seen. You can't turn on any station. Now I don't have the HBOs and all that stuff, but you can't turn on any other station. That they don't advertise that AIDS medicine. And they got two big black dudes kissing each other on the mouth. I know AIDS is a homosexual disease. I know it is. They tried to tell us it wasn't. But that's what they advertise with that. You think that's not filthiness? Do you think that's not abomination? Let no man deceive you with vain words. Words don't amount to nothing. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. What did God do with Sodom and Gomorrah? And it was all because of homosexuals. He rained down fire and brimstone. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Oh, well, we love, we love homosexuals too. No, we don't. Are they welcome to come here? Yeah, come here and sit. But they can't join this church. Not if we know it. For you all were sometimes darkness. He's talking about the church at Ephesus. But now are you light in the Lord, walk as children of light. A work of grace has been done in you. You have to quicken who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now that a work of God, a grace has been done in you, walk like it. Amen. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. People say, oh, this is my life. And he, that's, all, that's all he's going to get. Well, for right now. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Now I'm talking about marks of a true follower of Christ. Now, go to the book of 1 John. First John chapter 1. Now we're going to look at some marks of an unbeliever or a fake Christian. Verse 6. If we say we have no fellowship with him, or that we have no fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So, the first thing we can see 
is a child of God, a true Christ follower, does not practice sin. Look at chapter 3, verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin, the verb tense there is, keeps on committing habitually. Whosoever committeth sin, transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Now you know there's a lot of folks that want us to get rid of the law. Andy Stanley's one of them. He says get rid of the Old Testament. Well, I said let's get rid of him. No, we've got to have the law. The law is God's perfect standard of righteousness. And that's what sin is. There it is, the Ten Commandments. To violate the Ten Commandments is a transgression of the law. That's rebellion. Verse, well, I already did verse 4 there. Look at 1 John 2. Verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Do you say you know him, and you don't keep his commandments? Well, what are his commandments? He's got several. Starting with those. You say you know him, and you don't keep his commandments. I didn't write this, folks. I'm just relaying it. You say that, and you keep not his commandments, you're a liar. And you do not uh, have the truth in you. That's pretty. So uh, a non-Christ follower does not obey Christ's commands. Look again at chapter 2, verse 9. He that saith he is in the light, that would be in God's light. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And we must walk in the light and walk not in darkness. As children of the light, children of God. And verse 9 he that saith is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. Well, I believe he's talking to, to believers. So, look at uh, chapter 3, verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life. That would be being saved. To pass from death unto life. Because you see, that's why, that's why no preacher can do it for you. That's why no church can do it for you. Because you see, salvation is not a reformation, but it is a revelation and a resurrection. So, we know that we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. You say, oh, a bunch of hypocrites up there at that church, I ain't going to go back and be with them. I'll just go, go fishing. I can serve the Lord there. I've heard that a thousand times. 
Well, you're a liar and do not the truth. You don't know what the truth is. He that loveth not his brother abides and remains in death. Abide remains. Chapter 4. Verse 20. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? All right. Chapter 4, verse 20 and verse 21. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God love his brother also. All right, look at chapter 2, verse 15. <laughs> love not the world this is the same apostle that wrote under inspiration John 3.16 when he said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life John this apostle Wrote that, and people say, that means he loves everybody in the world. But here he says, love not the world. Same word, world. So what's he talking about? So God so loved the world, that's the world of Jews and Gentiles. He's not restricting it to any group of people. All kinds of people in the world. Not that he loves everybody in the world. Now we hear it said all the time. Oh, Jesus died for everybody in the world. No, he didn't. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And here he says, love not the world. Oh, neither the things that are in the world. <laughs> Cars, houses, clothes, money, jewelry, whatever. Toys. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now the non-Christ follower loves the world and everything in it. Well, they got this sign that says, He who dies with the most toys wins. This says he loses. Anyway, chapter 4. No, wait a minute, I didn't read verse 16 there. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever, remains forever. Little children, it is the last time, and you have, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Now look at chapter 4. Verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he than he that he that is in the world. Uh, wait a minute. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Now, Brother Randy talking in his devotion this morning, talking about you go to talk to people on the job. Yeah. 
And they just glare at you when you start talking about the Bible, talking about God, talking about uh, the gospel, talking about anything about the word of God and how they, they'll get up and leave you. Yeah, because you see, they, they have not the love of God in them. They have the love of the world and everything in it. And that's, look at Lot's wife. When she got clear of Sodom and Gomorrah with her husband Lot and two daughters. As she turned around and looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah as they were being destroyed by, by fire and brimstone. Do you know why she looked back and why God turned her to a pillar of salt? Because that's where her heart was. And you will see it all the time. People die in this world. They don't want to leave this world because this is where their love is. Say, well, do you want to die? No, not until till the Lord's ready for me. But I'll tell you what, I won't mind leaving this world behind. Because this is not my home. Well, look at chapter 2, verse 17. You didn't know you were going to get a, a study of 1 John, did you? First John chapter 2. Verse 17. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Uh, in chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. A child of God, a Christ follower loves the will of God. Amen. And that's why he prays. He said, thy will be done. Jesus said, Father, if there be any way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And that's the prayer of God. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. We pray I've had, I've had holiness tell me, no, you don't pray like that. Heal this person. If it's your will, they don't put if it's your will on there. Not at all. It may not be. Somebody said, well, let's just pray for the sick. Hogwash. How are you going to pray for the sick? You can pray for a specific Sick person, sick. You can't pray to God, heal all the sick, save all the lost, and heal all the sick. What an idiotic prayer. There are some people that are sick that are under the punishment of God. Read the book of James. There are some people that are sick because God is trying them, testing them. Don't just generally say heal the sick. I've heard all oh, Lord praise uh, save the lost. He's not going to save the lost. He saves them one at a time, according to His will, according to the good pleasure of His will. People need to know who the God is that they're claiming that they serve. Anyway, chapter two, verse eighteen.
I've got the wrong verse here. Oh, verse 19. It's terrible to be blind, isn't it? I'm trying to do something. Verse 19 is right below verse 18. I should have known that. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Now, this, this tells me that there were people joined up with them that shouldn't have been. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Uh, mercy. People that, people that are saved, true Christ followers, they don't leave the faith. But now, non-Christ followers, they can't hold out for long. And they'll end up leaving. Especially if the truth is preached in front of them. Yes. So, what is that doctrine we believe? Perseverance of the saints. All of God's people continue in the faith. And they do it because of God's preservation. But they all continue. They persevere in faith. I was saved just before I was nine years old. You realize that was 70 years ago? Man. And all that time, say, have you ever done anything wrong? I didn't say that. But I'll tell you one thing. In all of those 70 years, I have never stopped believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and knowing that the word of God was true. Never had one inkling. I've had lots of doubts of me. I should have had. But none about the Lord. I never did leave the face. Look at 1 John 2.21. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. Uh, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. When I hear people, oh, well, I'm going to a, to a church now that, that they, they teach you, you've got to hold out faithful to the end. Or they deny the Trinity, or they deny some aspect of the Word of God. Oh, that's not what John said. He said, no, we remain with the truth. Uh, by their fruits ye shall know them. And look finally at 1 John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat 
Loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now note what he's saying here. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, it's only because you've been born of God. That's the new birth and the tense of all the verbs there. That's what that is. If you truly believe that Jesus Christ is, Jesus is the Christ, you are born of God. And look at verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. In verse 11, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son has life. And he that has not the Son of God has not life. And look quickly at verse chapter 3. Verse 10. In this the children of God are manifest, brought forth, seen. And the children of the devil. Two classes of people. Now that tells me that God has not died. Jesus Christ did not die for everyone. Because he didn't die for the devil's children. Whosoever doeth not righteousness. Righteously is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. How do you recognize those that are of God? They do righteously. How do you recognize the others? They don't do righteously. They do the opposite. Now, why are there so many fake Christians? They use that term. Number one, they're probably not born again. They probably just got a dose of religion. Number two, they're babes with stunted growth. That's why Hebrews 5, he says, he said, you ought, to, you ought to be able to move on, but you have yet somebody teach you the basics because you haven't moved on. You haven't grown. Well, that's people that say they're safe and they never go back to church and never attend services. There's never a service in this church building that you can't learn and grow. Anybody say they've ever had services like that? You've always got food to grow on. And if you don't come, I can't teach you. And none of the rest of us can teach you. And finally, one, they're not born again. They're babes with stunted growth. Or else they're deceivers. And Paul warned against them. And I asked in 2 Corinthians. He said, for many deceivers entered in. To draw away disciples after themselves. Deceivers. Why they want to tell they're Christians and they're not. Those are deceivers. Anyway. God help us. To examine ourselves. Whether or not we be in the faith. Is what Paul said in Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Let's all stand.